Is that time of the week again to talk with Clark Barrington, BYU offensive lineman and team captain, what to take away from the Notre Dame loss and what to expect as BYU takes on Arkansas this coming Saturday. All that ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Please welcome in now Clark Barrington, BYU offensive lineman and team captain. Clark, thank you once again for joining us this week. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so let's start here. Uh, go to Las Vegas, and you guys get off to yet another slow start offensively. So I, I want to kind of start there. I, I we'll talk about the, the the wild comeback attempt in the second half in a moment here. But I, I, I talked to Coach Satake uh, during his media availability on Monday and asked him, have you been able to uh, kind of identify anything that's been causing the slow starts in your mind? And he said that there are a few different things that he has per- have percolate- that he has percolating in his mind. But he also said that uh, trying Trying to address all of them at one time in a media session, he said, it's not going to do him any good. That, that I think was what the terminology he used. Is there something or some things that you're uh, thinking might be the cause of those slow starts? Um, yeah, you know, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the games this season, um, you know, we've come out and, and we haven't played like like we're supposed to, and and I think you know, just like Kalani mentioned, I think there are a few different things that. Um, you know that that are kind of causing that to happen, and and we're trying to to address some of those things and, and get them fixed. So, how much is the lack of time of possession and just overall lack of plays you guys have had? I, I think in the game against Notre Dame, was it nineteen or twenty plays in the first half? Same thing against yeah. Utah State. That's absolutely got to be crippling your guys' chances in the first half, in particular. I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it was another kind of weird first half and we weren't able to uh you know hold on to the ball for for, for very long at all in the game and um uh you know i think that, that that's a big thing we we went over and stress stress today you know is, is the time of possession and and keeping the ball in our hands and and being able to sustain drives and and do those things and um you know that's that's a big focus um for us going into this week and and, and for the rest of the season for sure now that you're at the halfway point of the season, you're six games in there, six games remaining here in the regular season. What what had kind of been the message from the coaching staff here at the midway point? What, what are they pointing to? What are they hoping that you guys will be able to accomplish down the stretch here? Yeah, um, I think, it, you know, today was kind of just like a, a day of reflection. Um, you know, we have hit the, that midway point, and so looking back, seeing, seeing what we've done, and some of the opportunities we've missed, um, and then kind of changing our mindset and looking towards the towards the future, and focusing on this next game, and then you know future games to come. And, and we got great opponents every week, so 
you know, we realized that, you know, we got to we gotta step it up and, and bring our A game every, every week, so. Now, Ben Bywater joins my radio show every single Monday, and we have a great conversation with him. And uh, he was on with DJ and PK, as he typically was. And PK, I believe, asked the question, how much do losses stick with you? And uh, Ben essentially said that they will stick with him for about the, the weekend. And then he's like, at that point, it doesn't mean no good to, to hold on to that and to think back on it. Is that kind of the same mindset that you and your teammates have to have in this circumstance? Yeah, I think so. Um you know, it's it's great to learn from those those mistakes, and, and you do that learning, you know, over the weekend, throughout Monday, and then, you know, come Tuesday, um, you know, the, the focus has shifted. Um, you know, we're done watching film from from the past games, and, and we're moving on. We're preparing for for our next opponent, and so, you know, it's kind of you gotta kind of have to move on quickly, but but learn learn quickly as well, and so uh, that's kind of the mindset. Very nice. All right. So uh, in the second half of that game, you guys uh, fell behind twenty-five to six. And trust me, I, I I was happened to be sitting in the stands, and there was a guy behind me. I will always remember this. Well, this one's over, and that's exactly what he said. And uh, but then you guys come roaring back. Honestly, you guys uh, scored the uh, two touchdowns. Then Max Tooley gets that interception, and it seems like okay, suddenly these guys have got a chance here. They got the momentum on their side a yeah. little bit here. Uh, just. Take me through that second half. What, I guess, switch was flipped? Like, what happened to kind of key you guys getting that turned around a little bit? Um, honestly, uh, I think we just we just started playing our, you know, complimentary football. You know, the defense was doing their thing, and, and the offense started doing, doing, doing our thing. And so, you know, just feeding off each other, you know, the defense feeding off the scores and us feeding off the turnovers and doing doing whatever else we can to, to just try to get ourselves back into the game. So, You guys, especially in that second half, I, I felt like started getting the run game going a little bit more. The metrics bear out. That was actually one of your finer r- rushing performances as a team. I think it was 5.2 yards per carry on average uh, for your backs in this game. Uh, do you feel like, it, all things considered, it was one of the better performances you've had with the ground game this year? Yeah, I, I would say so. I think, um, you know, we, we started to get that, the, the run game going, and so that, that's a good thing to see. Was there anything in particular you guys did different, or did you just feel like it was, you know what, we finally just kind of got in sync? Like, what, what, what keyed that in your mind? Yeah, I think we're just finally figuring out, um, and we're finally getting in sync with, with each other and with the backs, and, and, and it's starting to work, work our way, so. All right, and then I need to ask you about the, the it was a fourth and one play, obviously, and Lopini gets stuffed on that play. How much, uh, I guess, how much ownership do you feel like you have to take for a play like that? I know it didn't necessarily go to your side. I think it was, it was going off right side on that play. But yeah. as an offensive lineman and offensive line as a whole, how much does that hurt you guys? You guys can't get a fourth and one. Yeah, I think I think you know that was that was the game on the line right there, and so we needed to pull through and and um you know get that get that conversion and and we weren't able to do it and and a lot of it is is on our shoulders so was it i guess this is my i guess one other follow up to that it, i'm sure you guys rewatched the play uh, trying to figure out what went wrong but me watching it it seemed like that you guys initially and that you you know this far better than i do because you do this this is your job for lack of a better term but it seemed like you had you guys initially won your blocks on that play but as the play developed it seemed like there might have been one extra guy that came that was unblockable i guess in in the scheme is that kind of how things played out at rewatching it 
Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it seemed as if um, you know, we were on the right dudes to begin with. Um, you know, but but as the play developed, um, some guys got loose, and and there were a couple few few too many bodies, and where we were trying to run it, and and it just didn't work out. So. All right, last thing on Notre Dame, and then we will obviously shift our attention a little bit to Arkansas coming up this week. But uh, despite the loss, uh, what was your overall takeaway from your second time playing there at Allegiant Stadium, the matchup with the Fighting Irish? What was your overall takeaway slash feeling from that contest? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it was just good to be be playing in that environment again. You know, it's such a fun fun place to play, and and you know there were tons of fans there and and just the energy and and the whole vibe of the whole place it's just a fun fun time there no matter what and and um you know of course we just we just need to do our part to to get better and 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 move on and and look look to these these next games so well, we're going to talk about one of those upcoming games when it comes to the Arkansas Razorbacks. They're making the long trip uh, across the country to come to Provo. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. First, though, we need to take a minute and talk about our friends over at Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting all of us where it hurts. And trust me, folks, it really hurts all of us. That's why I am using our friends over at Upside. It's an incredible app for anybody who buys grass, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I am earning cash back thanks to Upside, and I want you you guys to give it a shot as well. All you do to get started is to download the free Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, and you get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer from whatever you're buying at Upside, check in at that business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside, and Upside earners are using, or excuse me, are earning more than a million dollars in cash back every single week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So once again, download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED with our friends over at Upside. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, whether it's in the regular podcast form or if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, sitting across from me digitally is Clark Barrington, BYU offensive lineman and team captain. And uh, Clark, let's talk a little bit about this upcoming matchup with the Razorbacks. Uh, they call him the Boss Hog, uh, Sam Pittman, their their head coach. Uh, he is a former offensive line coach. Uh, that's what he kind of made his hay doing. I know Jeff Grimes is a quote unquote disciple of his, and I know you co- know Coach Grimes very well. Uh, what do you know of Coach Pittman in particular as you, get, as you get ready for this Arkansas matchup? Yeah, um, to be honest, not, not a whole lot. Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't really focus on, on kind of, you know, learning about the coaches more. More <laughs> just on the, the players and stuff. And I just, just kind of know the things that, that you just said. So that's about it. Is that just kind of a necessity in your world? Because I, I, honestly, you guys go week to week with this stuff. You literally, literally you're living, this, this is game to game for you guys at this point. So right. I'm sure it's hard to retain information already that everything you need to know about an opponent. Is, is that just almost a necessity that, yeah, you don't you know who Coach Pittman is, but maybe you don't know who he is, I guess. I, that sounds weird to say, but is that kind of a necessity in the line of work that you're in? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Honestly, it's kind of just a, a name and a face, and and then we move on. So, okay. you know, if it if it you know if it's like 
a coach's first year at a certain school or something like that, then that's kind of when we dig into to their history, you know, go go to watch other film from, from other places they've coached at and see that type of stuff. But that's that's really the only time we really dig into to who they are and, and that type of stuff. So, so that probably goes back to, like, the season opener against USF when they had a new offensive yeah. coordinator and defensive coordinator. You guys, yeah. are, you guys are digging into their background to find out what they're going to do. Uh, is it? Exactly, exactly. Okay, uh, so I, I wanted to ask you, uh, we'll get back to Arkansas here in a moment. I just kind of spurred a question in my mind when you mentioned the fact it's kind of a na- name and a face. When it comes to the games that you have played, and trust me, you've played a lot of them in your life. This is your fourth year at BYU. You've played that by the end of this year, what would be over probably 50 games in your career, something, something to that effect. Yeah, something to that. So, do you have certain players that you remember going up against that you'll always be like, you know what, I'll always remember facing that dude because maybe one day down the road you're facing him in the NFL, that type of a deal? I think so. Yeah, there's, you know, there's the guys that, that are super good and talented that, that you remember and 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 you always just kind of have that memory of, of playing against them for sure. Do you well you mentioned the fact it's more of a face a name and a face really. Do, do you remember their names, I guess, with those guys, or is it you just remember, okay, say it was a guy from Notre Dame. Like, I remember number seven, Isaiah Foskey, for example. He's kind of their star pass rush. Do, will you remember like right. the number or will you actually remember their name, I guess, is the question. Pro- probably just the number. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what we focus on all the time. So that's just kind of what goes through my head. Well, I, I guess in a way that's easier for you guys to identify guys just by number. Cause that way when they're out on the field, you're not having to be like, all right, what was number seven's name again? Like I, I, I right. Right. I, I, yep. <laughs> Makes it a little bit easier. All right. So Arkansas is a team similar to you guys that is very much built on the run game. They are. I saw Greg Rebell actually tweeted this out. They average the most running plays outside of the service academy. Speaking of Navy, Army, and Air Force who run the triple option, they, they average something like 45-plus rushing attempts in a game. And just watching them, and I've had an opportunity to watch here and there uh, clips of their games. I actually watched their full game against Cincinnati. I had a chance to sit down and watch that. It was actually a really Really, really good game. But when it comes to games like this, where it's another team that I think is going to come in, you you can correct me if I'm wrong here, that I think is going to be fully intent on controlling the trenches, uh, controlling the time of possession, if at all possible. What do you feel like you guys have to do to kind of steal that thunder back and kind of flip that uh, narrative and that game plan on its head? Yeah, I think I think we you know need to try to do the same thing. Um, you know. Uh, Try to be be the toughest and, and most physical in the trenches um, on both sides of the ball, and then then try to improve um, you know our time of possession. Um, you know, like I said, that's a that's a big emphasis um, going into this week um, is just improving that and 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 trying to keep our our defense off off the field as long as we can to, to give them a rest because because they're in there for a while as well, and so just trying to, to have better balance there and 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 score more points. Can you describe, because this is, I guess, a look back at some of these other games in the past, but can you describe how tough it is to really get in sync when you have so few possessions, especially in a first half of a football game? Like how, how difficult is it to keep yourself kind of going because you guys have been off the field so often in certain circumstances? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. Uh, I think, you know, offensive football, you know, you really have to just get into – you know, the swing of things. And if you aren't able to, you know, kind of get that started, um, then it's, then, then it's hard to get it started the next drive. And so, 
you know, it seems to, to just pile up on itself. And, and then finally, you know, you'll have a drive that, that kind of breaks that streak and then you're able to, to feed off of that the next time you go in. And so it's kind of, kind of really just a, a big like feeling, feeling type of game. Um, when it, when it comes to, um, you know, just having good productive plays on the field. So it almost always in a way it feels like it's like kind of a log jam. And once that quote unquote dam breaks it, it, you're off and rolling to that point. Is that, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and we had a chance and this goes back. I want to say it might've been after the Wyoming game. No, it wasn't. It would have been after, I think after the Utah state game, actually last week, I co- talking with coach Roderick and he talked about the lack of uh, possessions and the lack of plays in a first half. And he talked about the fact that it can, it, it causes in his mind, a lot of times you as players and I, I'm sure him as a coach, as a play caller, et cetera, to get a little antsy and feel like, okay, we got to get it all back right now. Like we, we, the, the, the patience in a way goes out the window because you've been on the sideline for so long. Do you feel that same way? Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Um, you know, sitting on the sideline for so long and then going back in there and, and, and you feel like, you know, you need to, to make everything happen in that moment and, and try to try to get yourself back in the game. But you know, it really isn't that possible like that. And so I think it's just keeping the mindset that, you know, if those things do happen, you know, let's chip away and, and let's do everything within, in our power and, and trying to go down there and score. So, is that something that like Coach Roderick, one of the offensive coaches, or even like a guy like Jaron, will they come out and say, "Guys, we don't need to get it all back right now. We just need to take." Is there somebody on the field that essentially says, "Hey, calm down. Like, we, we just got to take this play by play." Is there somebody that does that naturally? Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of a collective effort. You know, okay, um, just coming together, being like, "Hey, we're good. You know, let's control what we can control. Let's let's go down there. Let's score, and then." You know, let's let's try to do it the next time we get the ball and, and see where it takes us. So, okay, fair enough. Uh, now, there's a lot of consternation, and Kalani talked about it in post game against Notre Dame. He also talked about it during his media session this week about the 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 as he called it the inability to to get all 11 guys on the field when they needed to be out there. Uh, how, can you, I guess, help us in a way? Because I know it was the defense that had the bigger issues, and there was also the PAT where they didn't have uh, the full complement of guys on the field. But how difficult can it be to ensure that, hey, guys going off versus guys coming on to make sure you get the right numbers? How difficult is that in reality? Yeah, I think it, I think it can be difficult. Um, you know, it's it's something that we we practice and so it's something that we shouldn't you know have to hopefully address in the game um you know but there's so many different packages and and different things and then field goals you know a combination of offensive and defensive guys and and whatever whatever it may be maybe somebody goes down or or whatnot and then you, you need to know who the backup is and and so you know it can get confusing um but we need to do better as players just knowing and understanding um kind of who needs to be out there on the field. So, Well, I, I guess uh, case in point in a way, you're not on PAT anymore. Like, you, haven't been on a, you haven't been on the PAT team all year long. So you, you obviously have a guy that come, comes in to replace you after a touchdown, right? Yeah, yep. Is that just – I'm, I'm sure that they know, okay, I'm going in to replace Clark in whatever circumstance. Is that just a matter of – you feel like there's some personal responsibility that just needs to be – like guys need to take accountability for themselves and be like, oh, yeah, I'm su- supposed to be in on this play. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, I, I want to finish up, and we'll have a, a little more of a lighthearted finish, obviously, as we typically do here with you, Clark. But we do have a new sponsor here on the show, and I'm actually going to involve you on this. It's our friends over at Nissan. So our partners at Nissan are working with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we are highlighting the most exciting play from the Cougars' uh, previous weekend. So this would be the Notre Dame game or throughout the history of BYU. This week's thrilling moment from BYU's game against Notre Dame is and Clark, I want you to fill it in for me before I mention mine. <laughs> um, I'd say there's there's a couple plays that, that come to mind. I'd say the long ball to uh, Cody mm-hmm. um, makes a few guys miss and then, and then scores in the end zone. Um, that was a great play. Um, the third and long coming out of our, our own end zone. Uh, I think it was like third and twenty. Mm-hmm. We ran the ball, Lupini Katoa. You know, gets gets the first down. You know, that was a much needed on um, first down, and then then just seeing uh, just break one, um, another run play. I think maybe on the thirty going in. Um, you know, break break a, a good um, good. Let me say that it's not a super long run, but it was it was, it was pretty long run. Um, a good run and. Uh, you know, break it, break it there, and, and get in the end zone there. So those are probably, probably the top three plays uh, in my book. So well, you stole mine. I, I was going to go with Cody Epps because I thought that individual play. <laughs> j- well, okay, here's the thing about this, and you can speak more to what Cody's like. He 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 just seems like he, he's a playmaker. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He may not be the most athletic guy out there, but what he does is make plays. It feels like. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he comes day in and day out ready to work and, and just do his job. And, and when his number gets called, you know, he's he's there making plays. And so, you know, he's he, he's a fun guy to have out there on the field for sure. All right, so there you go. That is the thrilling moment this week. The segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder, Pathfinder today. excuse me. They're available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, before we go here on this edition of the Clark Barrington Show, I will finish off with some fun ones here. And Clark, uh, Caden Haas, a guy that you go up and against and practice on a pretty regular basis, I would imagine. He is from Arkansas. He played at the famed Pulaski Academy where they famously never punt, uh, or at least they didn't uh, when he played there. They'd go for two uh, more often than not. It was a very, very unique way of playing. But has he uh, helped, I guess, fill you guys in on what to expect from the Razorbacks at all? Um... Not a ton. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Haven't really talked to them a whole lot about it yet. Um, but you know, we 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 know that you know they're a good team. They're going to come play. They're going to show up and be physical and and you know they're they're strong, fast, physical, and so you know we just need to be ready to to attack them head on. Now, this is the second uh, SEC program uh, to ever come to Provo. Mississippi State was the other one. Uh, did you play in that Mississippi State game? No. Okay, so it was. Right, I think it was right before, actually, maybe before you before you kind of stepped in and uh, joined the Cougars. But uh, this is a team coming from sea level. They're coming from the southeastern part of the country. So they're used to heat and humidity. But the one thing that you guys have at your disposal when people come to Provo, and they talk about it all the time, is the elevation factor. Now, you're a kid who has played here for a number of years, so you're used to the elevation, but can you speak to how you think the elevation affects opposing teams, especially in the second half of games? Yeah, um, 
you know, I think I think it does affect them because I enjoy going down to sea level and playing down there. <laughs> feel, feel like you can breathe a little bit, yeah? I think so, yeah. You know, when, when you go to a place that's a little more humid, uh, you know, a little lower elevation, uh, I think it always makes makes you feel – makes your lungs feel a little bit better. Um, you know, and, and up here, you know, you, you'll get the cotton mouth going and uh, whatnot. And so, you know, I, I, think, I think it affects them. Um, but I, I don't know how much. <laughs> okay, so – there's this famous story that a former BYU player told me once upon a time, and I I wish I could remember what team he said it was, but it was a team that had come from, I would guess, close to uh, sea level or they were at sea level when they came to Provo. And he said at one point in the third quarter, he lined up across from a guy and they were just kind of waiting. And the guy's kind of like trying to catch his breath in a way. And, that happens. You guys are playing a physical game, yeah. but he said the guy was just kind of like gasping for breath. And essentially, the guy and I'm trying to remember the quote exactly. But essentially, how in the world do you guys play at this? At like, <laughs> how do you guys play in this? Like, because he was just dying from the from the elevation factor to it. And he said, I just kind of chuckled to myself and said, Okay, people talk about this. I didn't necessarily think it was a real thing, but he said once that guy actually said, it, I'm like, Okay, maybe it actually is a bigger deal. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's for sure a, a factor, and, and you feel it when you're here. So, now, did you have like a, I don't know, when you got here to BYU? This is going back a ways, but you came from Washington, which has obviously got some elevation, but not uh, not as much as, as Provo does. Was there a point at, during your acclimation period to getting used to the elevation of Provo that you were just like, okay, I finally have broken through here? Or did that not affect you all that much? Honestly, I have, I have no idea. I, I came in, uh, you know, super light to begin with. And sure. So okay. Kind of the running around and conditioning with the, the other bigger guys. Um, you know, I was actually pretty good at it out the get go because I was 50 pounds lighter. So, yeah. um, I'm sure I'm, uh, I'm sure there was some sort of effect on me, but, um, maybe I just couldn't, couldn't tell at first. Well, and I should have put two and two together because I remember you, we've talked about this in the past. You went to Uganda on your mission. That's how you and I even know each other. Your trainer is my best friend in the entire world's younger brother, uh, Derek. And mm-hmm. I, I remember him telling me, like, he's going to be really skinny when he gets home. And what did you weigh when you first showed up at BYU versus what you weigh now? Yeah, when I showed up, it was like 245. Oh, jeez. Did the coaches look yeah. at you and say you're really an offensive lineman? Like, what what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was I was small for sure. So, but you feel like in a way that being that much lighter and then adding that weight as you kind of went along in a way helped you then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, now you can probably speak a little bit to your brother. I, your brother, I, I'm sure, had a similar type deal. Uh, how did how do you feel like his? Uh, acclimation to playing division one football overall has gone because last year he was kind of thrown in uh, when Harris got injured at right tackle. And I thought he performed admirably, but where do you think that he is at right now versus where you think that he ultimately can go in, in his career? Yeah, no, um, you know, he's, he's a great player. Um, just like you said, he uh, came in and stepped up when, when we needed him and, and, you know, he can play just as well as, as any of us that are on the field. Um, and so I'm just excited for him, and and, and honestly, um, you know his his upside is is huge, and, and I'm just excited for him to continue to develop and, and get better, and and you know get his get his chance to play um, one of these nights. So 
Okay, if you were to place a bet, who has more All-American citations at the end of their career, you or him? I hope he does. Okay. <laughs> good brother. That's a good brother right there. Pumping up, pump up younger bro. That's fantastic. And uh, also, uh, I, I, I hear that your, young, your younger brother, you have another brother that's younger than you guys, currently in the mission field. Is that correct? Yeah, he is. He's currently serving in Brazil. So, How is he adapting to mission life? So I think he's leaving the MTC tomorrow. Oh, all right. Hey, well, congratulations. So, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes when he when he enters <laughs> enters the field. But once he, he actually seems to be doing well and, and he's excited. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how life is once he actually like hits the ground figuratively because he's already in Brazil, yeah. but obviously actually getting out into his mission and all that stuff. All right. All right, Clark. Uh, last thing for me. Uh, are you a big barbecue fan? Like a true barbecue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, enjoy the barbecue. So Arkansas, obviously, the Southeastern Conference. I, I've been on a number of podcasts over my career down there in the Southeastern Conference. I, I've been on one in Alabama. I've been on one in Arkansas. I should be on another one in Arkansas later this week. I've been on ones in Florida, Texas, Memphis. I, okay, every part, it feels like, of the South has its own unique style of barbecue. So... As we close out today's show, what is Clark Barrington's preferred style of barbecue? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Preferred style? Um, There's like, like for example, I know Bam Bam's. You guys are very familiar with Cam over there at Bam Bam's yeah, Barbecue. Yeah. His is uh, what you call Central Texas, where it, it, that, that that's the style that he was coached up or was taught in. Uh, there's more vinegar-based, which they call the Carolina type. Is there, is there like okay. a particular type that you like more than others? I think I'll go with the the Texas one. Okay, uh, you know I, I enjoy Bam Bam, so <laughs> I'll, I'll put my vote there. <laughs> we got to get you an NIL deal with Cam. I, I, I'm going to send this clip over to him, so he, so he, so he's like, oh, okay, we, we'll hook Clark up. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, well, Clark. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of the Clark Barrington Show. A big thank you as always for taking the time and look forward to this week against Arkansas and seeing out there on an afternoon game. you got two, uh, two afternoon games coming up the next two weeks. That should be a fun one. Awesome. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's Clark Barrington. Uh, for Clark, I'm Jake. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to make sure you make your second listen. Our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on everything going on in Big 12 football. Uh, Josh Neighbors does a great job making sure you know what's going on across BYU's new conference home beginning in 2023. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube, just like this show. Until next time, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.